My name is Shannon Peterson. I am the Director of Marketing at Orthopedic Specialists of Dallas here in Rockwell, Texas. I'm sitting here today with Dr. Bruno Gross. He is our newest physician that just joined our practice, and he's going to tell us a little bit about himself today. Thank you, Shannon. Yeah, I'm uh, Dr. Gross. I'm from the area. I grew up in Denton. I did my undergraduate at University of North Texas, and I went off to Texas A&M to complete my medical degree. Did my residency training in orthopedic surgery at University of Texas Southwestern in Dallas, and then uh, did a fellowship in total joint replacement and revision joint replacement robotics at the Cleveland Clinic in Florida. Um, so I am now here working, living in Rockwall, and I just joined the group and I'm really enjoying it. Why did you decide to become a physician, Dr. Gross? Well, interestingly enough, um, I really didn't want to be a physician. Uh, my dad was an internal medicine doc, and I remember growing up watching how hard he worked and the things that he did, and you know, I had a conversation about it, and I was pretty certain I didn't want to do that. I kind of uh, wanted to do something more action-oriented, so I had friends going into fire, police, and military, and I thought firefighting more fit my personality. In order to do firefighting, as many people probably know, you need to pursue medical training. You have to become an emergency medical technician. So when I was doing that, going through EMT school and paramedic school, I was learning a lot of cardiology because um, typically in an emergency situation, it's you know, cardiac emergencies that will be life-threatening. So you have to learn how to use an AED and CPR and things of that nature. So I learned about those things. I got really interested in medicine. And, you know, you're taught as an EMT to stabilize a patient, get them to a hospital as quickly as possible. And I always thought, well, what happens after that? So I thought, well, maybe one day I will pursue a career in medicine. Let me finish this and, and I was lucky enough to be able to do that later. Awesome. What made you choose orthopedics as a specialty? That's kind of another thing. You know, my dad, being in my mind of internal medicine, I thought about that. And he always actually counseled me to consider radiology. But those internal medicine and primary care radiology, a lot of those specialties are very cerebral. It's a lot of sitting, thinking, problem solving, which is fine, but I kind of got bored with those kinds of things. I um, was drawn to the surgical subspecialties because you're you know, doing things with your hands, sometimes building things. Um, and so I naturally thought, well, I want to do surgery, I think. And then when I was considering all the surgical fields, I was convinced the first time I saw total hip replacement. I walked into the operating room. And uh, there were saws and hammers and drills. And I thought, I kind of feel at home. These are things that I use at home. I like to work on my car. And I get to do this as a doctor. It sounds pretty cool. Uh, and that kind of sold it for me. So what makes you uh, passionate about our community and bringing robotics to this um, community? As I mentioned, I'm, I'm from the area. I grew up in Denton. I did my training in Dallas. This is my home. I live here in Rockwall. I guess that sort of makes me feel passionate about the community. This is, I know the people here. 
this is where I live. Um, so I kind of feel a bit of a responsibility to give the patients here, the people here, the best care they can find. Um, and so uh, in my mind, I think that is a robotic knee replacement. I, I did a, a full year of specialty training that's called a fellowship. And the, the main focus of that fellowship was robotic knee replacement. I was fortunate enough to work with kind of a pioneer in robotic knee replacement in our field. And in my mind, coming from a background of training of doing non-robotic surgery and then seeking out robotic surgery and learning its benefits and its details, I really got to see what a big difference it made, not only from a technical aspect as a surgeon, the power of the robotic knee replacement and how you can really change the way you do the knee replacement, but also uh, seeing how patients uh, do better and they recover uh, quicker. And also from a mentor who had also for a decade or so done non-robotic surgery and transitioned himself years before to tell me from a firsthand experience how big of a difference it made in his patients. Uh, so you did the first robotic knee in Rockwall, correct? Yeah, that actually, um, that was pretty cool. It, we got a little lucky there too. So the, the robot is kind of a specialized piece of equipment and the hospital has to have the robot there, of course. I can't bring it in my truck or something. So the community here, the hospitals here have really um, started to listen to that, that robots are sort of the future. And uh, we got one here in Rockwall. And um, not to, they sort of were excited that I had training in it because I think they were thinking about getting one before they had heard the buzz. Um, and I was fortunate enough to do the first robotic knee surgery here in town, uh, which was really cool. Awesome. So can you share any your patient experiences that have had, you know, the robotic total knee since you've. Yeah, there's here? there's one particular patient that comes to mind because um, it was sort of a accidental case study. And so this particular patient had a a standard issue, which we call now manual, a manual knee replacement on one side months earlier by a very experienced, well-trained surgeon that does a great job. And because of scheduling conflicts, um, ended up coming to me for his other knee. And as I mentioned, just sort of months down the road, he had recovered from the one and then came to me for the other. And so um, we did the, the robotic knee replacement and he felt a difference, which is a little bit uncommon, but he felt a difference immediately, the same day from a pain standpoint. Um, and then by his two-week appointment, he really had gained much of the range of motion already that he it took him to gain in maybe six or eight weeks on the other side. Uh, his physical therapist, he told me as well, was totally shocked because, of course, this community hasn't really seen robotic knee replacement. So he was very surprised that he was already there. And uh, the patient himself was ecstatic. He, the patient has come, become sort of a, a poster child for robotic knee replacement and has on his own told me that he's telling people, if you're getting a knee replacement, you really need to seek out robotics. So what would you define as a complex total knee or a complex procedure? How would somebody qualify for that surgery still? I would say maybe a little jokingly, a complex procedure would be anyone that you show an x-ray to an orthopedic surgeon and they 
sort of raise our eyebrow. So there are certain things on an x-ray from a patient anatomy standpoint that can make the surgery more complicated, particularly if, if you've got a deformity in your knee. Let's just, I'll talk about knees here. If you've got a deformity in your knee that's been there for a long time because you haven't had your arthritis treated surgically, then it can create a really bad uh, bow-legged or knock-knee deformity that can take you know, a lot more time from the surgeon to correct. You know, again, that where robotics sort of comes in in a case like that, um, you can really specifically tailor the way you do the knee replacement to that patient's deformity. And if you're doing it with manual instrumentation, you're kind of confined to the way that you can position the components. But with robotics, the your degrees of freedom are kind of unlimited. Um, are there times that you've had to turn down robotics as an approach to someone's care? Personally, no. Now, from I've had to maybe delay surgery, not necessarily the robotics portion of it, but but surgery in general. You know, if, if uh, a patient is not properly optimized for surgery, and I think as a patient, sometimes you forget. Um, as a surgeon, it's our responsibility to keep you healthy during the case as well, not just the technical aspects of doing the surgery, but, you know, we worry about uh, if your heart and lungs are healthy enough to get through the operation And so we've got to send you to the other doctors, you know, sometimes a cardiologist, mostly your primary care doc, to make sure that you're appropriate candidate for surgery or there's nothing that needs to be done to optimize you for surgery. One of the other things that we deal with a lot are people that are a little heavier. Some of the studies have shown that they're increased risk for infection. And so uh, I always counsel people, particularly in that area that weight loss might be the best option not to deny the surgery but to delay it to prevent their increased risk of infection so but from a robotic standpoint there is really nobody that wouldn't qualify Um, all the insurances cover it there's only I think maybe only a couple of times have I seen uh, not the robotic knee surgery but it does require a CAT scan, and sometimes they kind of finagle the CAT scan where they won't cover it, but it's always been um, covered after we have a discussion with the insurance company. And I know you do robotic partial knees and robotic total knees. Mm -hmm. Can you explain that a little more and um, explain to us how someone will qualify for one or the other? Yeah, so we call uh, a partial knee replacement, we call as uh, orthopedic surgeons unis because it's a unicompartmental replacement. And a, a unicompartmental replacement is uh, just that. We replace one side of your knee. Your knee has two sides, the inside and the outside. Most people's arthritis is, is worse on the inside part of the knee. And so typically, patients that have uh, wear or arthritic changes that is mostly confined to the inside part of their knee would be a candidate. And that patient is typically younger um, because their disease hasn't been there as long. And in my mind, that patient also only has pain in that spot. So if a patient comes to me and they've got limited deformity, but uh, bone-on-bone arthritis on the inside part of the knee, and they point right there to their pain, they don't have any outside part or no back-of-the-knee pain, they would be a candidate for a partial knee. What a partial knee replacement is, 
it actually keeps all of your ligaments. When you do a total knee, you sacrifice some of the ligaments in the knee, um, which you're kind of forced to do that. And a partial knee replacement, all of those stay. And so the knee feels more natural. Um, it's also a, a, a more limited procedure from what you have to do to the bone. And so patients typically recover a little bit quicker and um, their near knee feels more natural. Do you use robotics for hip replacement? Uh, I don't. The same robot I use for uh, knee replacement can be used for hip replacement, but I don't use it for hip replacement now only because, you know, I do surgery, I do hip surgery uh, from an anterior approach. I go from the front of the hip, which is, uh, you know, there's many ways to do hip replacement to approach the hip is the way we call it, but you can go from the back or from the side, and those are by far the more popular ways to go, but the tide is kind of shifting. A lot of us see the benefit of going from the front. When you go from the back or the side, you have to disrupt the gluteus muscles, and from the front, you don't. And so patients, if you go from the front, um, typically have less pain, they recover faster. But one of the biggest benefits as a surgeon going from the front is the patient can lay flat on their back during the surgery. If you go from the back of the side, the patient has to lie on their side. And the benefit to laying on your back is it's really easy to get x-rays during the middle of the surgery. If you're lying on your side, it becomes logistically difficult to get a proper x-ray. So when the patient's lying on their back, while I'm performing the surgery, I can take quick x-rays to make sure that the, the components that I place in a hip replacement are properly positioned. And I also take measurements um, with the x-ray and I can measure what I've done to the hip in millimeters to decide if I need to get more leg length or increase the tension in the hip to restore the patient's biomechanics, which is kind of what robotics does. If you are looking at what the benefit, what the gain from using the robotics is, it's essentially that. Now, eventually, I think the robotic hip replacement will become as sophisticated that I will eventually adopt it. I'm almost certain robotics is going to take over all of these things because it's really making big gains. But right now, the way I do a hip replacement, there isn't much of a benefit. Dr. Gross, in your opinion, how does robotics make the knee replacement better? You know, the, your options are, so we'll just talk in this framework, you, you can do... Uh, knee replacement surgery without the robot, which is manual instrumentation or with robotics. Now, again, the robot is a tool. It's a precision tool. So to, what the robot affords you as a surgeon is more information. And it allows you to position the components pretty much any way you want. Now, for some surgeons, this probably wouldn't matter. But the way we've been doing knee replacements has been changing as surgeons from a you know, from a philosophical standpoint. And for the longest time, we were taught to position the components within a few degrees of the patient's natural anatomy. If a patient comes to you with um, a severe deformity, then you're kind of locked in to that deformity and you, you can change it to some degree. But there has been some really uh, revolutionary studies that have been done by some pioneers in our field that have shown that we actually have a lot more freedom. We can really position the components way outside of parameters that we used to. And the reason we used to do this is because we were worried these knee replacements would fail in like 10 years or so. 
And that's been shown to be false. So that combined, so that knowledge to say we can put these knee replacements in a much uh, more extreme position than we used to, and it's fine, it's safe to do that. You have the, you have the uh, permission to do that as a surgeon combined with robotics, which, which allows you to do that because the robotic uh, device can allow you to put it almost anywhere you want by degree or by millimeter. And so now as a surgeon, if a person comes to me and they've got a really bad deformity, well, I can tailor the way I put their knee replacement in with the robot where before I wouldn't. And so what it allows me to, to um, tailor make each knee replacement pretty specific to the patient. That translates to kind of less pain, faster recovery for the patient. They gain their range of motion faster. Um, their knee feels more balanced. And that's, that's what I've seen, uh, the patient experience from what I'm able to do in the surgery. Have you ever had any technical difficulties with a robot during surgery? And if so, what do you do when that happens? Yeah, I, I get that question a lot, actually. It's kind of funny. Um, I've, that's only happened a couple of times. And it's sort of like a computer. You know, you just, most of the time, if you shut it down or reboot it, and I've never had any issues beyond that. Um, and there's a team in the surgery, a robotics team. And so they're able to troubleshoot things, you know, beyond those two issues, it hasn't been a problem, but you know, it's also good to know how to do the surgery without the robotic, uh, device, because if something were to happen, my team always brings things to convert it to a regular knee replacement if needed. Um, but again, I've never really had that issue. And how long do you tell people that these replacements will last, knee or hip? The answer is, I don't know. And that's usually what I tell people, um, that, you know, the studies show at least 15 years, but uh, they can last much longer than that. And, and the real answer is we're not quite sure. You know, barring failure for infection or the components loosening, you know, they theoretically should last forever. And you also do revision total joint replacements, um, knee and hip. Would you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, so speaking of uh, components failing, there's really uh, two main reasons why components fail. And number one uh, would be infection. So if a person comes to me and they've got a painful joint, a painful total knee or hip, the first thing I have to decide is whether or not it's infected. And that's done typically with a series of lab tests, um, a blood draw, or even taking fluid from the joint and sending it off for lab analysis, typically both. So um, if it comes back positive, unfortunately, that surgery typically requires uh, a two-stage approach, which is the first stage, removing the infected components, putting in an antibiotic hip or knee replacement to treat the bone infection, and then waiting a period of time, usually six or eight weeks with IV antibiotics, and then putting in a new hip or knee replacement. Um, That's by far the most challenging, difficult to eradicate problem. Um, But the other reasons they fail are they just loosen over time. And if that happens, uh, you know, patients typically experience pain with almost every step because they're stepping on a loose component that's not really bearing their weight anymore. And that can be fixed more easily. That's a one-time surgery you remove the components and you put new ones in. Patients typically experience pretty immediate pain relief. 
um, because they are now walking on a more stable joint. Um, they've been some of my happiest patients, actually. So, Dr. Gross, uh, where do you see yourself, you know, in five years and, and, and what's, you know, coming up with robotics in the future? The field is always changing. The technology with the, with the robot is evolving even now. Um, and so personally, I'm kind of uh, the ambassador for robotics. So I would like to see myself, you know, still here in a busy practice taking care of patients here in Rockwall and Forney. So doing knee replacements. And as I mentioned to you, most likely hip replacements in five years via robotics. Well, thank you for talking with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. 